Hello and welcome back to the Rugby Rewind podcast, episode number about 15, 14 or so, somewhere in that region, I have forgot by now. Um, we're joined by Toby as per usual, so g'day Toby. Hello, welcome back. And we're joined by a special guest today actually, a bloke with over 13,000 followers on Instagram now, a few thousand on YouTube, very committed footy fan just like us. Uh, welcome Max from the Black Jersey. Uh, cheers for having me, Ben and um, Toby. Pleasure to be yeah. on, boys. Yeah, Happy to have you. Been a while coming, eh? Been in the chats yeah. here for a while, doing a few no, things here and there. For ages, um, I was waiting, and I'm happy to finally be here, eh? Um, spin some yarns about some good players, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's a cracking game to get you on for. Like, you look for at sure. it, it's just a New Zealand Cup final. Mm, a decent game, nothing too special, but then you see the lineups. I'd say it's said in the commentary at the time. 13 past or present All Blacks, plus a few that have gone on to become All Blacks since this game. So it's Wellington versus Waikato from 2006. Definitely one of the better NPC games in the professional era, I would imagine. A cracking crowd to go with it as well. Um, sellout game. Everyone was just loving the atmosphere, mate. Oh, yeah. I got notes on the crowd before the game even kicks off. It's just so good to see all the kids out, yeah. the face paint, the wigs. Oh, it's just so much going on. It's unreal. You just simply Absolutely. don't see that any, like, anymore. You just don't, even at a final nowadays, NPC final, you probably wouldn't even get that. 25,000 fans, full Waikato Stadium. The cowbells are going off, which would probably do my head in personally. <laughs> but, um, you know, they like it. So, yeah. it's yeah, it's a fantastic sight. It's a special atmosphere, really. Yeah. And as yeah, it was mentioned in the, in the commentary too, the day before the All Black side was named, so you could tell some of the players were having their last yeah. crack as sneaking into the side. So it was yeah. sure some of them were real fired up. Um, they were just playing like their lives depended on it. Ma'a Nodu was smashing it. Oh, Dave yeah. McDonald was playing so well. Sione Loaku yeah. was pretty physical as well. So some I mean, real, um, Jerry Collins did not take a backward course. step, as per usual. No, no, such a tough man, that guy, eh? <laughs> I mean, just by some of the names we've been reeled off there, you can tell this is not your standard NBC teams. For sure. So, uh, I mean, Toby, do you want to take us through? Uh, are you doing the Wellington or the Waikato? I'll go through the Waikato if you want. Yeah, um, take us through the sides, Waikato lineup. They are. I mean, both sides are equally, I've got equal quality in them, let's be honest, based on the number of All Blacks. But some of these names, I mean, you just nowadays, you just probably wouldn't see this amount of All Blacks playing in the NPC. Well, every now and again, simply do, don't but... get allowed to, do they? No. Um, every now and again, you might. But, I mean, for this amount of them, no way. So, this was almost like a super rugby game, like Chiefs versus um, Hurricanes almost. Oh. But um, let's let's have a look at the Waikato lineup in the front three. Um, Craig West, Tom Willis, Nathan White. Tom Willis, nice Dunedin man. He's actually um, from Dunedin. I think he played. Um, was he? Yeah, I think he went to King's High School. Ben, not 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 I don't know if he's so. a nice Dunedin man if he's gone to Kings, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll give him let him away. We'll let him away of that course, one. Uh, we'll Nathan White went on to be able to have a few caps for Ireland as well. Yes, he did actually. Yeah, he played pretty much all of his almost all of his rugby except for Chiefs and Waikato in Ireland, didn't he? Um, I think he played over almost a hundred games in um, in Ireland at club at the club level as well. So. Um, yeah, he's a pretty good player. And then in the locking partnership, it was John O'Gibbs, Keith Robinson, 
Um, some big names there as well. Yeah, Johnny, that is a mongrel. They were taking no prisoners in that game, mate. They were going off their rockers, weren't they? Yeah, they yeah. are a bunch of. They just bring the fight to everything. Yeah. Oh, you bet, mate. And I don't know hilarious. if you um, heard about Robinson as well. This is his kind of first few games back. He missed the entirety of last year and most of this season too because he had a back injury. He was like yeah. very close to retiring because of it, but. Yeah, you, honestly, you couldn't tell in this game, eh? Absolutely think, not. He was out of his skin. Between them, they had I think twenty caps for the All Blacks as well. So both All Blacks uh, to some extent in their career. So yeah, pretty experienced guys. And then um, within the flankers, you had Stephen Bates, who was the captain, of course. Um, in this case, he actually I think he played like seventy five or seventy six games for the for the um, Waikato team and played played quite a few for the Chiefs as well. Couple of caps for the All Blacks. Um, I don't think he was quite a one of the one cap wonders that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, Ben. I think he had two caps. But... Yeah, I think he might off. Like... Yeah, two test caps, two of them, just two. But hey, better than none. No, I mean, right? yeah. definitely one of the great battlers, in my opinion. Like, yeah, yeah. Someone who just went about his work and got quite far through into the uh, professional rugby ranks, further than probably many thought he could. So, good yeah, on him. Definitely. And uh, then it was um, Marty, or Martin, Marty as he goes by, Hola, uh, number seven jersey, and then Sione Laaki, number eight. So very bruising uh, three there in the flankers. Um, and Sione Laaki was, fuck, he was crazy this game, wasn't oh, he? Oh, he is a specimen, isn't he? Yeah. You, just, you, you can't find loose trios like that in the NPC nowadays. Oh, you nah. could put that out for the All Blacks and it would do a job. Oh, for sure. Like Hola was one of my nominees for the all-time All Blacks 15 that have been announcing the nominees for on the website and people have been voting on the story. And um, there just wasn't even enough room for Holler despite how great he was. Yeah. No, I mean, that's the thing. He was stuck behind the likes of McCaw, but you can tell he was quality, especially just around the breakdown. He's what an open-side flanker should be, just a real pain in the ass. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, and he... taken far too soon as well, so... Mm. A few years since he's been gone from us now. Yeah, rest in peace to him. But, yeah. yeah, it's good going back to watch him. Um, and then it was a classic half pairing of uh, Byron Callagher, who's just a bit of a shit shit talker, isn't he? We'll we'll learn about that in this game, I'm sure. You got some notes on him, haven't you, Ben? Oh yeah, no, he's he's a halfback. That's all you need to say at this stage. He's a halfback. And then he was with the the legend Stephen Donald, who we all know from the 2011 final. But yeah, he was also yeah. quite good in this game. Sort um, of cult hero halves pairing that. Oh, I've been hooked on rugby ever since he made that kick. <laughs> but um, as we were talk about, he wasn't he wasn't goal kicking this game actually. So interesting that no. uh, who was goal kicking was David Hall, who was amongst the centres in the 12 jersey. Alongside Richard Kahui in the in the thirteen, um, of course, as Toby so, and I just chatted about, we tuned into the Force <laughs> game last night. Seen an I old, just, yeah, we, we just watched George Kahui Clooney look alike Kahui running out for an eighty minute game, <laughs> and then seeing the young face of him go out for this one. He's yeah, he's thirty six now, and he was still putting a eighty minute shift in for the Force yesterday. That is, um, yeah, it was very impressive. He actually played pretty well, to be fair. I mean, he was top try scorer this uh, NPC season, I saw. Bagged eight tries yeah. throughout the campaign. So, Just incredible that he's still playing to me because I was six years old when this game was being played. He just doesn't yeah. care. He keeps going. Yeah, he's, incredible he's great. Yeah, he's a special player, Kahui. Sure. Um, 
And then in the back three, uh, you had Sivivatu, <laughs> enough said, really. And then, um, yeah, Sione, Sione, so Sissi and Nisi on the right wing. And then He's one of the one up. cap wonders, old Sissini and Nisi. Oh, did he get a cap as well, did he? Yeah, sure yeah, did. Okay. Interesting, I didn't know that. And then a fullback, Mills Millionaire. So, <laughs> enough said there again. Great lineup. I mean, let's like, be honest. How ha- is this playing in an NPC match? It's, <laughs> I, I just can't comprehend it, eh? Nowadays, uh, Aussie wouldn't release all those guys, but Teddy's like, nah, mate, you go ahead, you get that trophy. Yeah, I'm looking at the lineups, and I think Craig West and Tom Willis would have been playing. Nathan White, possibly. Outside of that, not too the many. The rest of them are pretty. They're all maybe David Hill and Anisi would get a game, but most of them are through, the All Blacks. Yeah, run through the um, substitutes as well. Um, you had Scott Link later, uh, Ella Demelmonch, which is a classic name from Rugby Challenge. An interesting um, point about him too. Actually, notice they've got uh, two hookers on the bench there. Oh, they do actually. Yeah, Demelmonch <laughs> covered prop in his day as well. So obviously, yeah. they wanted to squeeze Link later on the bench. So. They had um, Toby Lynn as well and a young Liam Messam in the 19 jersey. Speaking of um, young, the, the next guy looked quite young as well, actually. Oh, Brendan Lennon. Full head of hair on him at this stage yeah, of time. He did. That he shocked me when hair. he came on. <laughs> I've, I've only ever remember him from having absolutely no hair at all. Well, literally the uh, World Cup the next year is bald as they come, so I don't know what happened. Nah, it looked like he was. it did look like he was losing. Yeah, I mean... He didn't quite have a dag level receding hairline, but it wasn't far yeah. off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it comes down to whether you'd rather that or a, a silver fox like Richard Kahui. I mean, oh, what would you prefer? I mean, uh, Leonard pulled off the bald dome. If anyone can do it, he can. Oh, of course. <laughs> some beautiful arms um, and beautiful shiny heads over on him. Yeah, definitely. And then it was uh, Dwayne Sweeney who actually played – Quite a few games for Waikato after this. Um, yeah, another was, Waikato legend, actually. Yeah, he was quite young. Quite a while. Um, I think his last game was against the British and Irish Lions in 2017. So yeah, Sounds yeah, about right. A pretty long career on that one too, eh? He would have been quite young then. I think he was only like 21 in this game. Um, yeah, he would have been, yeah. Another one that didn't seem to age either. He just kind of <laughs> ticked along. Mm. And then it was uh, last position there was Roy Kenny Canelo. So... Um, yeah, that rugby was 08 legend, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Never really turned it out on the field, didn't get much chances, but boy, was he a gem on rugby 08. And then, of course, um, coached by Warren Gatlin. So there you go. Yeah, I give you the um... biggest name of the lot. In the end. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. The the guy's the, the most decorated head coach of all time in terms of trophies won, so. Yeah. But imagine, um, imagine that, like, and, and then with the next coach, we go to Wellington. Move of John Plumtree now is an assistant for the All Blacks. Yeah, I mean, yeah, two stack coaches to go on with the lineups, isn't it? Yeah. What's happening to the coaching talents in this country? Like, goodness me. Yeah. You've, you've got these two guys in the NPC 15 and a half years ago, and now what have we got? Jesus. With, with this logic, uh, Baffy, we, we might see Ryan Martin as the yeah, um, All Blacks head coach. We had uh, Ryan Martin getting up for a target. <laughs> Right. Uh, as long as it's not Fozzy, I'm fine with it, eh? Oh, oh you're not a Fozzy, you're not a Fozzy fan, eh? I guess oh, we'll, uh, we'll move on the Wellington today. Oh, far <laughs> out. So I mean, as we said, that's a stacked Waikato lineup, but the Wellington one's not a bad lineup either. They finished fourth in the regular season. Wellington Waikato finished top of the ladder, only losing one game. But honestly, like, yeah, I mean, start with Nemia Tialata had missed out, so he was just. 
on the pine, so sitting on the walkie-talkie for whatever reason. Yeah, I saw that. But uh, <laughs> even without him, they had a front row of Joe McDonald, Mo Swolger, and John Swolger, and yeah, it's not bad, especially no. the Swolger boys. They're some quality players. Uh, in the locks, you had Ross Filippo, as Max has mentioned earlier, got a few caps for the All Blacks. Very good player on his day, Filippo. Well, so, we too. Rather interesting that one with Ross Filippo playing for Wellington, considering he's come back to FMG Stadium in 2021 and he's winning it as a coach this time. Yeah, yeah interesting point. Get a second crack at something, don't you? Yeah, that's yeah. a good point you raised there. Actually, I've completely forgot. He. No, I just yeah. um, I just saw the lineup before um, I even watched this game to go on your guys' podcast. I saw that and I was like, what on earth? He never played for Waikato, but now he's won the trophy as their coach. Yeah, he yeah. was a bit of a Wellington legend, actually. He played yeah, a lot of his career there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up, actually. Um, I mean, his locking partner was uh, Luke Andrews, partnered him in the locks, who I can't remember a great deal about, but he was a handy enough player. And I mean, they had Jeremy Thrush on the bench, so I would have thought he would have possibly started, but Luke Andrews got the nod. And the loose trio was, that's uh, ridiculous. You got Jerry Collins at the blind side, Rodney Soyalau at number eight, and then Ben Hearing, the Stags legend at open side flanker. So, mm. And of course, he's kept Chris Marsoe on the bench. So you had three All Blacks plus one quality open side fighting for three spots. So. Once again, it's stacked on that bench, isn't it, guys? Jerry Collins is playing in an NPC match. Like, how has this come about? It's a freak show because at the time he was genuinely an established All Black, as um, Willie Aina was too. Yeah, Rodney Soilo was probably pretty much their starting eight. Like, yeah, I mean, three of those loose forwards have went on to the World Cup next year with the All Blacks. Like, exactly. Like, um, sure, it's fine. You, you can chuck in Nonu and Conrad Smith. They were second choice players at the time, but. Goodness me, seeing an actual first-choice duo in the um, loose forward setup if only that was allowed nowadays, eh? Oh, it's just, yeah, it's stupid, isn't it? <laughs> Made for a great spectacle, eh? Um, the number nine. Yeah, there's, there's some points to be said Ooh. about that. Uh, Paddy Whippu at number nine. So, of course, him and Kalahar battling it out. Two who were probably battling for an all-weight spot at this point in time. But, uh, yeah, Wipu, another hero of that 2011 World Cup that you got into, Max. Yep, absolutely, mate. A, a complete hero. Um, Pity Wipu was killing it in 2011. He was having a really, really good World Cup that time. And um, it's crazy to think that um, back, back in this game, he was actually, you know, he was trimming 23 years old. Yeah, that's just the thing. Like, he's at his peak here. He's fit. He's ready to go. Yeah, you bet. You bet. He kind of broke my heart a wee bit at that 2011 World Cup as an Argentina fan. Seeing him come out and kick eight from eight or whatever it was, I, I thought really the Pumas had had a chance in that match. But That's yeah. a free oh, And then um, partnering him, one of my favourites, uh, Jimmy Gopeth. <laughs> Just love the guy. Yeah. I mean, he's gone on to become one of the, probably the best players to not have an international cap during his time in England. Like, he's... Still going at about 38 years of age. It's unreal. Are we getting, surely we're going to get him on the podcast at some point. Oh, I might have to. I did flick him a message, but he's a bit busy at the moment. Kind of, mm. as we said, still tricking along playing in the English Premiership. Yeah, yeah. still playing for Wasps, even after um, a thousand points for them. 
I know. Yeah, it's crazy. Like we talk about Nick Evans going over and having a stellar career, but Jimmy Goffis is possibly even yeah, out there. Yeah, that guy gives him a run for him as, for his money, rather that's for sure. Then uh, in the midfield, not a bad uh, pairing either. Tana Umanga and Conrad Smith. Oh, that's wow. quiet. <laughs> the interesting thing I noted was the commentary team kept talking about Conrad Smith as the game breaker in this Wellington backline. And I don't know about you guys, but I always yeah. remember Conrad as just a solid nuts and bolts player. Like, yeah, like, oh, I don't remember him ever breaking the line. And that was always a non sort of job. Tana Umanga. Even Weepu or Corey Jane, as we'll get on to, but Conrad Smith was hyped up in this game. Yeah. I mean, he did look good, but it wasn't as game-breaking as they said he was going to be. I mean, he's a class player, don't get me wrong. One of the best centers ever, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then on the wings, uh, you had to squeeze Martin Onu in there somewhere, so they got him on the right wing. Well, listed as the right wing. He played on the left wing there. And then Corey Jane on the opposite wing, who was... Uh, fresh onto the scene at this point with his long hair, had the wee Alice band. Still a good offender as ever on the guy. But very, yeah. um, very lucky that Corey Jane that he can still grow some. I saw him sporting a very fresh mullet while assistant coaching with the Hurricanes the other day at a press conference. Yeah, yeah he's right. still. Oh, Corey Jane's great, eh? I think old, um, old uh, Brendan Leonard will be quite envious of him. Oh, he would think so. Oh, and then rounding out the uh, starting 15, I mean, this is a name that uh, fans of the Rugby Battlers page will know, one of the more requested players. It's Shannon Parker. And he was bringing up his 50th in this one. Just sort of the glue of both the Canes and Wellington didn't really stand out. He was never going to in the sort of back line he was in, but always held his own. So not a bad player to have at the back. I was going to say, like, Ma'anono on the wing. How many games was he playing in the wing before he sort of made that primary switch to... Yeah, um, I mean, him and Umanga had a pretty similar career in that sense. They both started yeah, out on the yeah, wing because they had a 12 in the spot at yeah. the moment. And then, yeah, kind of once though, it he still, up. still made plenty of impact regardless, didn't he? I mean, he actually missed the World Cup the following year. I don't know if you guys remember that, but... Made oh, a bad, bad choice right there. Mm, they, no, had, I mean, um, they had Mully Aina in the centres in 2007. And just, yeah. Yes, Mully Aina can actually tackle, unlike Christian Coloured in um, 1999. But well, that was the worst call. Still. Like, come on, mate. At, at least at least put Mills at his proper position at 15. I, I think, think was, Conrad he, Smith was in the squad at that time, and we didn't even start him at centre. Like, I don't know if he was injured. I can't remember, but. Just a second choice player, I think, at the time. I mean, McAllister Mulyaina was the starting midfield in the World <laughs> Cup quarterfinal. <laughs> that is bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, we'll Very quickly bizarre. run through the bench. There's a few big names in here, not as many as maybe the uh, Waikato one, but you got Luke Mahoney, Anthony Piranesi, Jeremy Thrush, Chris Marcelli is a huge name to bring off the pine. For sure. Al- Albie Matthewson, still very young at this point. Uh, me and the quarter who didn't get on, and then Lomi Fa'atu, who was electric. Yeah. I mean, he topped the try scoring charts a year or two before this in Super Rugby, and, I mean, yeah, you could tell with the few chances he got in this game when he came on, he had something to offer. Yeah, that runs us through the two lineups, and, of course, John Plumtree coaches Max had mentioned, which adds to the rather stacked coaching department. <laughs> Thanks for sure, my dude. It's 
just off the chain looking at who the two head coaches were for the time. I mean, I don't know if you guys have any notes before kickoff, but I got a uh, actually a wee quiz I wanted to give you about the crowd. You talked about the atmosphere. So I'm going to give you a, a few things. I want you to tell me which one of these I didn't spot in the crowd. Okay. So we had a uh, couple of young bucks, uh, about eight of them, I believe, all painted with a letter for Waikato on, one with W, one with A, one with I, etc., all standing up, giving a wee Mexican wave in the crowd. We oh, had uh, a guy rock out in a full red, yellow, and black suit, had an afro, had some sideburns going. He was just strutting his stuff. A guy doing a shoey in the crowd, classic, uh, probably some Waikato dry up in there. And then we had a guy lifting up a stick with a head stuck on top of the stick, painted in Waikato colours, a bit like the medieval times. So uh, which one of those did I not spot in the crowd? Um, I don't think you saw the old uh, the old kids with all the um, with all the letters spelling Waikato. I don't think you saw that one because I don't remember seeing that. So I'll have a guess at that one. Not Toby. I have a guess at the shoey. I don't. I didn't see a shoey, and I think I would have spotted the shoey if I if, if it was there. Yeah, I mean, I know you've got a keen eye for a shoey, and unfortunately, you're right because I didn't spot the shoey either. But I wouldn't oh, have been surprised no. to see it. Oh no! Yeah, I mean, the one that shocked me the most was seeing just a stick up good three, four meters in the air with a head stuck on top of him. Like, yeah, that is what that is, is this? Interesting. Yeah, I don't think health and safety would have allowed that today, would they, boys? Yeah, unfortunately not. I would love to see that sort of crowd nowadays. Yep. It's just yeah. really added to it. Absolutely, everyone is too busy yeah. on the phones nowadays. Sure, I've got an excuse. I've got to update the black jersey. I've got to do player ratings, but you, you leave me alone. No one else has the excuse to sit on their phone during a game. Yeah, just be in the present, yeah. hey? Like, enjoy it. Sure, man. I um, I thought another thing to bring up before the start of the game was the um, the advertisement and the sponsors. Like, oh looks, yeah, they were classic. Okay. Video Easy was the main sponsor. Yeah, oh, I've got that down. That shocked me. I love to see it. Nostalgia. Not even United Video, eh? Like Video yeah. Easy. They got they got liquidated last year. Like, come on. No, nah, but like 2006 would would have been their absolute peak trading period because that was just before streaming and internet really got to the point where it will. Yeah, today. yeah. Um, oh, so I don't they think would have had... had even been founded by that point. So. Oh, it nah. was founded, but it was not like today. Like they literally div- delivered DVDs as well. So. Yeah, I think there was. They had Fatso in New Zealand, which was the same thing. Delivered oh, DVD. that's bringing back some memories. I forgot about but, yeah. that. They got liquidated a couple of years ago as well. Oh, how good was it rocking into a United video or video easy on a Friday night, grabbing a wee PS2 $1. game $1. or a wee new release? New release for six. Very, dollars. very enjoyable. Go to the but candy you section. Rugby though. Yeah, yeah. I always check the special interest section to see if there was something there. I was a big WWE fan at this point. So yeah, if, so if, was I. I know the yeah. uh, South City so and Chicago like, United video had yeah, WWE, mate. so that, that was my that go-to. Was that was me as well. Oh, how good. I should Classic. do a WWE rewatch one day, eh? No, we should. we do a couple of WrestleManias, maybe. We Royal Rumble consisting of Super Rugby players this year. Who would take it out? Oh, I reckon... Ooh. We go. Um, we go on everyone, or we just go on the Kiwis. Yeah, I reckon Kiwis <laughs> this year. We're locking. The, yeah, uh, I was gonna say Tupo, man. You know, I was gonna yeah, say Tupo, Tupo would be a sure favourite. I feel like uh, Joe Moody would be hard to put down. I reckon Nick White will come up from under the ring <laughs> with a CD, <laughs> a little horn swoggle. Eh? <laughs> um, I don't know about what Toby's saying there. I think, um, considering Joe Moody's backgrounds. Um, representing New Zealand wrestling, I'll have to go with him. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, true, actually. Yeah, yeah. If there's any little back that could do it, it'd be Nick White, though. <laughs> yeah, I reckon. That, that yeah. seedy little moustache. He's a lot stronger than I think because of that. It's oh. like his, it's, it's his disguise to hide his big, bulging muscles. Right. Taniella Tupo would be like the cane where he'd come in and like, eliminate a million people and then. Yeah, it just, just <laughs> fall to someone small way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love to see it. Anyway, oh, the uh, final other note before the kickoff I had was the national anthem. How good it was to yeah. sing that. Sung by a seventeen-year-old as well, which they mentioned. I was going to say, do they do that anymore for the finals? In the NPC? No, no, I, I don't, don't think, think they so. do, man. No, I, I remember it in the Super Rugby Trans Tasman Highlanders versus Blues, I think, but I can't recall if they did it for the. Um, I don't think at all ones, eh? I don't think they did. Yeah, so I mean, it's great to see. It just adds a bit more. Of something to it just makes it a bit more important hey? every playoff game yeah but anyway uh the kickoff if you want to bring it on to that Paddy Wepu kicking off as well not uh yeah. Jimmy Goffers so that was bizarre so, interesting to see the number nine especially considering Wepu didn't get the kicking duties for much long after it was a pretty lively start between both teams wasn't it yeah it was I mean, actually I mean yeah, very sure. lively I mean, I, mean, I was playing it on 1.25 speed, so that's probably why it was lively. Oh, no, but... it was still very energetic from the get-go. Just nah, dreadlocks flying about everywhere. About five or six people from either team had dreadlocks running at this stage. Absolutely. The, yeah. the pace was just off the charts. It's pace you just don't see in the NPC nowadays. There's quite a lot of conservative rugby being played in the NPC because everyone's so young in the competition now, whereas the old boys were like, right, guys, let's just get into it. Let's win this game. Well, you look at the. Well, we won't spoil the final score yet, but there's seventy odd points combined, and this is a final. Yeah. Like you don't see that very often. No, no, you don't at all. I was I watching mean, this game. I could almost visualise myself just at home in year four with my Wheatbooks rugby cards, just matching up the players to the cards that I've got. Had a full oh, set back yeah, in the day, pulling out your gold Jimmy Goffith and your Bluebirds. Just yeah, being like, oh, <laughs> see him running a muck. <laughs> oh, how good. Classic. I mean, the yeah. energetic start was a bit much for old Jimmy, actually, because two minutes yeah. in, he's got my first little mishap, actually. Attempts, I want to say he's attempting a chip, might be a grubber. To be honest, I don't know, because he kicks the ear. So it wasn't yeah, the that. flashiest first nudge from Jimmy. No, but in terms of chips, there was a pretty good one thereafter, about two minutes in, when Corey Jane did a bit of a chip and chase, didn't he? And wasn't actually a bad effort, but... He uh, couldn't regather it, but if he if he he almost did, then it would have been a try for sure. But not yeah, a bad yeah. effort from it's old Corey. Kind of back and forth from both teams at the start. I don't know if you noticed as well, actually. Um, not the players, but the ref was old Bryce Lawrence. Yeah, I saw that. Of course, uh, hated yeah, by would not have liked that at all. Yeah, yeah. and I, I checked because I was like, he must have been young at this point, and he yeah, sure was. He, he started his Super Rugby refing career the year before, so this was kind of his first ever major match he was in charge of. Goodness, mm, okay. I mean, didn't get as much backlash in this one than uh, some other ones down the line, but no, no, old um, Austin from Bok memes. You're familiar with him, right? Yeah, yeah. I can <laughs> yeah imagine, he's, uh, he's not a fan. He's he's made plenty of content about that 2011 World Cup against Australia. He reckons, um, he reckons we paid Bross Lawrence. <laughs> Just, uh, <laughs> we are not paying anyone to help Australia. I tell you that much. <laughs> no funny. way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know if you guys had anything before, but the first kind of points of the game about seven minutes in, 
Yeah, no, that's and all then, I've got, Jimmy Gilbert. Yeah, it wasn't too much of an exciting penalty. Literally five metres out right in front, and Gilbert bangs it over. Bangs it over with that bizarre kicking technique that he had. Yeah, did you notice his kicking technique, Max? It was. It's, it's an unusual one, but hey, Dan Bigger's even more unusual, so you do yeah, get one. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. it's not a Dan Hawkins or a Dan Bigger. Um, but it's it's certainly a, an interesting one. But I don't know if you guys have ever seen old uh, Rob Cook, a guy used to play in, I think, kind of championship for, in the English divisions. He used to kind of do the splits before he kicked it. It was something. It was oh, the most unique that, one I've seen. Yeah, I think oh, so. I didn't see that. Yeah, no, I'll have to flick <laughs> your leg later. I mean, he must pull a hammy before he goes to kick the thing. <laughs> No, nah, nothing a good deadlift won't fix, mate. Surely, oh. right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> surely. And there was a wee another uh, potential mishap from Pelly Weepu not too long after the penalty. Yeah, he went that. for a box kick, and what do you know? Keith Robinson's head's in the way. So yeah, it was a pretty powerful uh, kick as well. Bad luck there. Entertaining for the crowd, though. I mean, it almost resulted in a try to uh, Waikato, to be fair. <laughs> they just scrambled it out, but far out. Yeah, Gopper's only got it 10 metres out or 15 minutes out, I think. So yeah, he wasn't... sliced a few kicks in this one, eh? Yeah, wasn't great. But they got they got they got it back after the line and he cleared it again. But I think he made it to the 22 this time, so oh, they yeah. got it out uh, yeah. to some extent. But <laughs> a few kind of there was a lot of quality around, but it was a few average passes and average kicks flying about the gaff to start the game. Yeah, you could tell they're a bit nervy. Nerves in that though, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting seeing all these like All Blacks who had probably played in no offence to the MVC, but probably much bigger matches than this, and you could tell they were very nervy about this one. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, I guess um, I guess with the NPC, um, because it's more of a provincial thing rather than a franchise thing, you you just get a bit more of the tribalism going. Like, yeah, fair point. as a as a chief supporter. And a Hawks Bay supporter, I feel like far more into it when Hawks Bay are playing because it's because um, yeah. it's more of a localized thing. Yeah, so I think um, knowing their genuine communities were watching maybe um, contributed a bit to the players' nerves. Like Waikato definitely um, grew into the game as a wins on a. Eh? Yeah, yeah, certainly you could tell once they kind of got over the nervy start, they were really good. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But it's interesting you mentioned the MVC and how kind of together they are, especially at this point when they're allowed all their players. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Not, and it was, not um, as much chopping and changing around the regions as there is nowadays. Speaking of uh, All Blacks making the errors, Sibby Vati dropped the ball at this point, didn't he? I mean, so, after a pretty shocking pass from another All Black Millsbury Ionia, I think it was. Yeah. Like, right. so, it's, just, it's just the nerves, isn't it, guys? Yeah. yeah. It didn't take them long to resurrect after that, though. It was about three minutes later, the first huge moment of the match happened. Don't know if any yeah. of you had anything before that, but if one of you wants nah. to run through uh, what happened off that Waikato line out about the 22. It was a lovely set piece, wasn't it? Um, sort of out to the number 14 at Nisi, and then uh, he just goes straight through a gap, lays it off to Kahui um, on his inside, and uh, Kahui goes straight over. Yeah, pretty much untouched. I mean, yeah. The D was pretty average yeah, from Nonu and Baku. And the commentators mentioned that. They said, you know, yeah, it was pretty questionable defence. They kind of both shouldered a side of him each and he sort of just pinballed away and yeah. popped it up. Like, but yeah, there was, was a shift. Era there. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's quite comical it looked like. But... but There was quite a few tries in this game where they 
yeah, the defense was probably less than optimal. Um, but oh, I quite enjoyed this one. Because oh, yeah. I was watching Kahui the day before for the force, and here he was yeah. running away. He just simply wouldn't have been able to do that. Seeing now. what he could do at his prime, eh? he just yeah. he's got legs. Um, to be yeah. honest, though, it's, just, it's classic Kiwi rugby. Everybody has the exact same tactics. We all just attack, attack, attack. Yeah. 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 That was great. I mean, it made it a good watch, didn't it? Far out. Well, for sure. So there was some physicality in there too. Like, they were yeah, not taking cool. it lightly. Old um, old, old Joe McDonnell, um, for those who are listening, um, his son Jermaine Ainsley plays for the Highlanders nowadays. He came oh, off after only 20 minutes. I completely um, forgot. The game was so physical. He was um, he was not looking good. At, um, it hit him pretty hard, this game, old Joe McDonnell. Yeah, I felt kind of sorry for him too because you tell he's visibly injured. They try to keep him on for another scrum. Yeah, he's like, well, no. He was just, he was just trying to stay on, but he was like, nah, look, I got to come off, boys. My leg gone. Yeah, it was far out. I think he was getting into a bit of the old age by that point, wasn't he? Yeah, I don't know how old he was at this point, but as you've mentioned, he's Jermaine Ailes, his old man. So imagine if he's kidding around in two thousand six, he wouldn't have been that young. Old um old Jermaine was probably about ten by this point, so another OB's I'd boy say, actually, Jermaine. Yeah, I'd, say, I'd say McDonald was probably like thirty two or something then. Yeah, probably about that. Jermaine's actually I don't remember heaps about him, but he was at the hostel when I was there. Must have about year thirteen when I was like year nine or yeah, ten. I remember, I remember him being quite a nice bloke. Pretty good player nowadays in, too. I swear he was in one of our classes, wasn't he? Oh, I probably saw him around at some sort of form class or something. <laughs> he might have been in a maths class, mate. Yeah, I mean, at a few, I mean, it's going to a pretty prominent rugby school. You see a few people going and making a name for themselves nowadays. Yeah, definitely. A lot of them, uh, we don't have such nice things to say about, but Jermaine's a nice guy, so. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. It's just a shame that he played his first three tests for the Wallabies, but oh, yeah. hopefully number four is going to be in a black jersey. I mean, I wouldn't ride it out. Like, he's still got a few years to try to get a for black sure, jersey, man. doesn't he? He's in his, he's in his mid-20s, and Offutunga Fassi still isn't totally recovered from that knee-op from last year, whereas um, whereas Tyrell Lomax um, hasn't really mm. lived up to his potential so far, so... You know, there, there could be an opening for Jermaine Ainsley in there and he can um, wear the same black jersey his father did. I mean, they're looking for mobile props nowadays too. And yeah. Jermaine's got to be one of the more mobile ones going around the country. Yeah, he, he fits the bill for sure, man. I agree with you there, Ben. Um, yeah. He's pretty fast for a big guy, eh? Yeah, I mean, I still need a bit more convincing around his kind of set piece and stuff, but it doesn't look bad, so... It, it's yeah. good. Like, I was like, whoa, whoa, Highlanders, please don't sign a former Wallaby. And he turned out to actually be good for Otago, so bring him on, put him in a black jersey. I think he was a big loss for Australian rugby, no doubt about it. Oh, I mean, absolutely it was, yeah. yeah. Kind of had his first few caps, as you mentioned, kind of just got injured and fell by the wayside. But mm. It was a shame, really. Um, I want to point out as well, guys, um, I want to point out the biased commentary. Um, yeah. The commentators the whole time in the first 20 minutes, they were just slagging off Waikato. Oh, they sure were. <laughs> they were just talking so much crap, saying things about, oh, they're not really in the game so far, yaddy. <laughs> Suddenly, um, excuse me, mate, we're seeing some pretty good rugby by the end of that first yeah, half. They're, they're saying that, and Waikato are up 7-6 at this point. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I, mean, I don't know about you, Toby, but I kind of just, somehow didn't recognise the bias commentary. I think we're just so used to the Aussie commentary that are yeah, standard yeah, for yeah, biasness. Yeah. 
Yeah, Looking back I, I, now, yes, they were clearly in favour of Wellington, but yeah, oh, absolutely yeah, I'm mate. scarred by Oz Australian commentary there. Oh, actually, it hasn't been too bad recently. The last couple of days with um, with the commentators like Sean Maloney's not too bad. Usually. Oh, I do like Sean Maloney, the old uh, Rugby HQ top fives. Yeah, they need to bring them back. Hey, that were good. Oh, absolutely. You need to start making some of your own Macs, I reckon. Old black yeah. jersey oh. top five moments. It's oh, hard mate. to get the footage, though. That's the only thing. Yeah, that, that's the problem. That. Like, yeah. it's, it's all good to put it on Instagram because I don't make money off Instagram, but, you know, you got to be pretty tough with your YouTube channel. Like, um, Oh, yeah, you just get yeah, I, I'm so against the whole highlight reel thing because you see all these people who have no rights to the footage and that because of people like them, like, they come down hard on people like me who are just trying to say, hey, look, yeah. this is how this play was – completers by this player because you, you got to break yeah. things down so that some people understand how the play worked. Yeah. So you, you, you just play, need to use your footage under fair use, but they don't seem to let you. footage for, for that, and so lucky fair use is a thing. Nah, but like Sky needs to be held accountable for the, the state of like rugby um, history because like they, they don't make it easy to go back and watch old matches or or anything we, like that. We struggle with this a bit, don't we? Like, yeah, it's, there's oh, it's a, not good. a few out there, but a lot of them are uploaded on random channels that I don't want to mention because I know they'll get taken down. The problems, um, the problems stands are I find because um, it's it's super rugby footage in particular that seems yeah. to get targeted. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I think know. Um, stands are thing and the sky thing. Like, um, sky's actually not too bad. Eh? Like, I think they're great people there. No old are squid pay- rugby they, talks about are, are it. Are they a paying lot. you to say that? <laughs> <laughs> I've I've just done a couple of jobs and stuff with them, and um, and they're pretty good behind the scenes, eh? Yeah, no, nah, I imagine they. Are. I mean, it's it's a pretty quality product they put out there. Let's be honest. Like the the visuals that they do are are good, and and we watch. Well, I watch Stan over here in Australia, but it's the same thing. It's the same broadcast as it is in New Zealand. So. Nah, it's it's yeah. definitely a high quality product. It's not like this bloody. I was watching the Super Bowl the other day. Like it's just all full of ads, you know. No, like, yeah, yeah. Like at yeah, least Sky Kill it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thank next God. Try, so. Goodness yeah. me, the next try that was a good one. I had a wee couple moments before we got onto the try, but you're right about that one. Uh, Perry Wepu kind of in the action with Dick of the Day nominees again. Not on his own this time, but once again it comes off a box kick as he boots it into the crowd and scones an unsuspecting security guard on the back of the head. So, yeah. well, security guard got a falcon. crowd loved it. About a minute later, Ross Filippo gets in on the act as he gets up and starts walking backwards to get in the D-line and just trips over the ruck. So, uh, I mean, they're all in the firing line at this point in time. No, thanks for reminding me of those. But I mean, yep, you can get us onto the uh, try now if you like, Max. You can yeah, um, no, Nonu was um, Nonu. I've said it earlier in the video. He was just having a stormer of a game. Um, and of all all the players who were passing to him was old Rodney Suoyalo. Um, this is the thirty third minute. We're up to for those listening. Um, Nonu just had an absolute stormer of a try over here, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Waikato had a wee one in there before uh, Nonu got it, which. We'll go over quick because it's not that exciting. It was just a bit of pressure, pick and goes, and Kalaha yeah. kind of went over. Just the mongrel he is goes over in between two tackles. But mm. get back to Nodu's try because that is worth talking about. Yes, my dude, just just a brilliant try. Yeah. Nodu, um, I think in this game was um, 
This was one of the games where he was starting to prove the doubters wrong. Like back in the 2000s, he just had that reputation of only being a basher. Yeah. For example, um, like Nani Lamapi today, he's just a specialist basher. There's no other tactic you can use the guy for, but Ma'anonu was never just a basher. Like in this game, he was um he was clearing kicks. He'd um he he'd kick for touch sometimes. He'd bash you. He'd step you. He'd use all kinds of um attacking ways to to get around you. Basically, he just showed off such a good like skill set and. So it's good by this point of the game to finally see him on the board, you know? Yeah. And I mean, as you mentioned, Soilau with a decent wee break in there too. Like, of all people yeah, yeah. going through a hole and feeding a draw and pass, he did not expect it to be Rodney Soilau. Soilau was literally playing like a centre in this play, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he, was, he was great. He up quite a bit like that, actually. He did, yeah. I mean, you almost mistaken for Tana Umanga sometimes, just seeing the dreads kind of float through a hole and give a wee pop pass. Mm. I mean, anything, um, anything else in the first half we've forgotten? Oh, there is a couple um, of penalties. There was a penalty for David Hall, wasn't there? As well, yeah. What do I see? Yeah, David Hall kicks a penalty not long after to make it seventeen thirteen. I mean, Stephen Donald um, had a wee run. He just yeah, ran straight that. over the top of Jimmy Gotha. Yeah, one that point. was a good one. He um, he showed a bit of power there, old Stephen Donald, and I mean, he's always had a good running game on him. He's um, he's quite big for a ten, so. It was good in this game to see him kind of impose it. Oh, yeah. At 6 threes, a pretty big 10, you know? Yeah, and I mean, yeah, he shows it good. too. He always hikes the shorts up as high as he can to show off those old pasty white thighs. Of his. <laughs> <laughs> wants to let you know that he's going to... Maybe did... he's got an um, umbrella when he's white-baiting their boys. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, imagine getting old Stevie Donald on a pod one day. Like, oh, that'd I'm be nice. going on What a Lad pod in a week oh, or two, so I'm going to listen to that listen. one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Nice. I have to listen to that. James Marshall um, has a pretty good podcast, doesn't he? Yeah, I'm a big fan of his, actually. He gets some great yarns on his. Oh, for sure. Um, um, did have another have couple of moments half. before the half. Yeah, I had one with Nonu as well. But if Yeah, it, if do you want to take Nonu's moment? Because, yeah. Oh, just like, yeah, just a bit of a scrap before the halftime break, 39 minutes. And it looked like there was a couple of punches thrown. Yeah, I'm really convinced didn't. he threw a wee punch in there. Yeah, but it was shown on the, on the team angle on the TV, so I wonder if the, if the ref just let it let it slide. But obviously I mean, today that wouldn't have TMO been the case. Couldn't intervene at this stage, and I'm not sure the ref could just look at the TV and go, "Oh, actually, I missed that." Yeah, exactly. So, so it got away I, with I, it. I'm not too worried about what was going on there. It just looked like a guy was trying to get off my jersey. He's like, "Mate, let me go. I just want to have my jersey back on me and stuff. Just yeah. let me go." And he wouldn't. I yeah, mean, just yeah. a bit of argy bargy. You get that. Yeah, rough and tumble, yeah. Nah, the handbags, uh, I'm sure a few of these players are familiar with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was another moment literally on halftime. I don't know if you guys spotted it. Uh, poor old Petty Weppu, I feel like I've only talked negative about him so far. I just want to say he did have a good game and he is a great player, but uh, he tries to clear it on the halftime hooter. They're 10 metres out, 5 metres in from touch. He's puts it on the leaf boot, and he grubs it straight to Sassini Anessi. Yeah. So it's, I don't know how he missed touch from there, but Anessi just about goes in for a try and kind of gets bundled out. So yeah, he got away with one. But, I mean, yeah, that brought us to half time. I think it was 17-13 at that point to Waikato. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, second yeah. half um, starts off with a bit of a roar. 
I mean, even halftime had a bit of a roar. There was a fireworks show going on. Yeah, Something you that. don't see often. Well, you don't see that in the bloody Super is. Rugby final. <laughs> we need to do that. Oh, next thing we'll be at Egan. Uh, I mean, who have we got in New Zealand? We'll get Dane Rumble back out, I reckon. He can do a halftime show. That's <laughs> <laughs> all we got to offer around here. <laughs> no, we can um, we can get like Nico Walters. I'm sure he'd be keen. Like, yeah, I mean you compare yeah. our names to like the Super Bowls. Eh? We got Lord. Well, maybe we'll convince her. No, oh, the budget doesn't quite stretch <laughs> that far, mate. I think she's too Americanized to be honest. People oh. have forgot her lyrics. Actually, did you see that um story last maybe. year? I think I want to say it was the Super Rugby final. Someone convinced him that Bruno Mars was coming for a halftime show. It's just some random guy emailed in and like convinced the Super Rugby media. It got onto the news and everything. It was like, yeah, it was a classic. The... You you got to love a bit of the stirring, eh? It's crack up. Yes, second like... half. Yeah, so I mean, we um, take away. Waikato, they reach the um, they reach the Wellington's five meter line or so. Um, they have a scrum five, and uh, old Marty Holler. Kicks the ball through the scrum. Byron Kelleher sprints towards it, jumps over for the try. Pretty um crucial try there by Byron, Byron Kelleher, rather, for his second day. Oh, yeah. yeah. This, this is a controversial one. one. There is no way in anything that this is a try nowadays. How it's is that even allowed? in the scrum, yeah. not even hooked back by the hooker yet. Marty Holler <laughs> sticks his boot in and just kicks it straight through. <laughs> Kelleher gasses Whipper, and what do you know? Such a good try. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that, man. I actually loved it because, like, I mean, Marty Hall, yes, it's cheating, but if you're not going to get pulled up, go for it, mate. That is your yeah. job. It's, would it's you argue, just a classic open side play. Sorry, go ahead there, Toby. Would you argue that he didn't um, ground it with control? Because he just sort of fell on the ball, didn't he? Yeah, it was interesting. I think oh, yeah, I don't know. he definitely didn't have control to start with, but I don't know if his hands actually touched it. He kind of just slid over with his chest for a few metres and then... I've, I've seen occasions where the, where, where the whole grounding with the chest has been allowed before. I've seen players like Tawata Kurbalo and Ryan Crotty do that before. So yeah, okay. um, if they can do it, then I guess old uh, Byron Kelleher can do it as well then. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, nah, it was, it was a good try. you got to give the uh, ref some sort of ridiculous day nomination for that, though. Yeah, well, I don't know if he wins it, but if you're missing that, like... I mean, it's hard, I suppose, because you're watching a lot going on. But like you said, no TMO in your ear at this point, is there? So, um, well, not for play to play, just for yeah. when it's requested. So, just a wee note yeah. as well that old uh, Lilaki didn't actually come back out for the second half. I know we talked him up a bit in the first, but he succumbed to an injury, just like McDonald. So, uh, yeah. as Toby mentioned, a young Liam Messam was on at the boot of the scrum at this point. Yeah. He looked pretty good as well. He looked very young at this point. I think what led um, to the scrum actually was a bit of a comical thing too. I didn't quite really see what happened, but kind of Donald butchered some sort of pass and the cameraman got, I presume, taken out because we got a shot of the sky for a few seconds. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. yeah, It's funny. I've had that happen myself. Um, I was working for Skyers at a Hawks Bay game um, just as a camera assistant, making sure the um, sideline cameraman doesn't trip up. And uh, me, I was just holding the cable up, just reorganising it. Uh, ball came along and I was going for miles, so I just put my hand up and stopped it. Oh, I love that, mate. It happens all the time, mate. Like, it's it's a bit of an interesting one. Eh? I'm surprised some cameras haven't been broken by it. I mean, they're so yeah. close to the action, as I'm sure you've experienced. You're, like, you're literally on the touchline. 
Yeah, yeah. Even better view for the cameraman because they can actually look in through the lens and the ice and the eyepiece and stuff. Yeah. Oh, I mean, Just a shame I haven't done that yet. Yeah. You, you'll get there um, one I day. Need to, I need to give my douche of the day. Um, I'm just saying douche because I'm Christian, guys, for those who are listening. Um, oh, yeah. Same point. I need to give my nominee, my nomination rather to Sitaveni Sivivatu. Um, we're at the 47th minute now. <sighs> Massive overlap. There's about, uh, there's, so there's two Wellington players and Sivivatu has uh, two of his Waikato teammates outside him. So um, one of the Wellington players is able to tackle both Sivivatu and one guy. But if Sivivatu delays the pass a bit, then it's a two-on-one. But he does, and he throws the ball into touch. Yeah, when it's <laughs> this tight, you'd think he's got to be doing better. Like, as an all-black winger. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's just why wingers shouldn't pass. There should have been a centre where he was standing, man. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's a good shout. Speaking of uh, players that shouldn't pass, the commentaries team thought also props shouldn't be in that passing uh, motion either because there was a wee stage where both the Waikato props ended up out wide and Mm. inevitably the ball ended up with a no-look pass into touch. Yeah, Yeah, not too shortly after that. Got a bit loose before things tightened up soon after. Yeah, I mean, it was very loose for a few stages in there actually. Gee, one of the notes I had for all the quality on the paddock, there is a lot of not such quality moments going on right now. Yeah. I mean, the next kind of scoring points was about the 49th minute or so, I think, because Gopeth had the longest shot of the day from about 45 out. So if you want to talk through that one, if you want, Toby. Yeah, it was a good check. Yeah. yeah, it was reasonably far out. It brought the score to 24-16, but it was a very flat Kick, wasn't it? Just sort of yeah. only just went over the bar. Almost Mitch Huntesque <laughs> nowadays, barely getting the legs. Yeah, but it made it. Yep. And um, yeah, made the kick. And it wasn't the prettiest kick, but it doesn't matter. 24 16, 49th minute. Uh, but then I guess shortly thereafter, probably nothing much to mention between those two, but there was a David Hall penalty at the 50. 50- Fifth minute, unless you had anything in between. Yeah, no, about that. I just wanted to have a wee note on what actually gave Wellington the penalty. I thought that was a mistake by the ref. I thought Wellington had just booted it through and Waikato had got blamed. Then it showed the replay. And, of course, it was Marty Holler. Just being an absolute shithouse as usual. He just stuck his hand in the ruck sneakily and just flicked it back. Almost got away with another one. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, David Hill penalty was kind of the next thing. It's kind of David Wellington would score and Waikato would bite back not too long after. So it's 27-16 now. David Hill was kicking pretty well as well, wasn't he? He was you know, reasonably accurate. Um, yeah, don't think he'd actually missed at this point, eh? No, um, I don't no. think he missed all day, actually. I don't think Gofford had missed at this point either. Yeah. I just I just wish, I don't know about you guys, I wish that um, Kiwis during games just went for the penalties more often. Yeah, I mean... We, we just don't do it enough nowadays. I, I noticed, especially when Kieran Reid was captain, that whenever yeah. Bodie was um, at first five, he'd never let Bodie go for the three because he knew he'd miss. Then as soon <laughs> as Moonga came on, he'd just like Richie kick it for three. Yeah, well, Bowden we was yeah, questionable with the yeah. old kicking. I mean, I think he gets a lot of stick. Yes, he was not a good goal kicker, but Moonga honestly isn't much better. He's much better, better he's, for sure. Oh, I don't know. I think I mean, yeah, Bowden's horribly inconsistent. No, I would never let him have a shot because you never know if he's missing everything in a day or he's getting everything. And you know, yeah, it's like, always the games that are important that he's missing everything. I, I guess that's just why I see him as a fullback. He just has more space to run with, though. 
Yeah, I, mean, I mean, his brother Geordie is yeah. is proving to be a much stronger goal kicker at the, at the moment. Anyway, oh yeah, I he? thought Geordie was going down the same path in his early years, but he's same, one of the best Geordie's goal kickers in the world now. I said this in a um, in an old YouTube video. I think Geordie's become a far better player than Scotty or Bodie were or will ever be. He's just developed such an all round game, eh? Well, he's definitely yeah. on the path to be a great. Like he's got For all the sure. traits. And he's Very showing consistency now. Just needs to avoid injury, you know. You just never know what's going to happen. Um, speaking of that, um, we'd better talk about the attack just by Wellington at this point um, after Hill's penalty. Yeah, go I for thought it. Wellington were um, playing quite safe rugby and um, it was quite a contrast to how the game started. Yeah, like uh, Wellington were playing really slow, um, kind of milking penalties and stuff. And um, I think that worked for Wellington quite well. Maybe that's why the errors we were talking about from Waikato creep back in, creep back in rather. Yeah, I mean, the commentary team kept saying they needed to go wide to their backs. But as you said, once they kind of tucked it under their sleeve, they got a bit more go for didn't they? Yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, they went out to Corey Jane at one point and he got a wee fend on Sivivatu. But a lot of the time mm. they went out to the backs, it looked pretty aimless. Yeah, it did. Which is... um. I think probably because Conrad Smith couldn't really get into the game too much. Yeah, I mean, yeah, had a bit yeah. of a, um, a bit of a quiet game. Not a, not a not a not a bad game by by any means, but he just had a quiet one. Yeah, he's usually like and, the late command to everything, but you just yeah, they, they get always much have one. Like professional athletes, just have to have a quiet game at some stage. Yeah, I don't think anyone I'm, really had a stinger of a game. To be honest, like they all. Did fairly all right. Some were just quieter than others. Yeah, Which, basically. I mean, fifty-five minutes. I have a note that needs to be brought up. It is not important, but Toby will know exactly what's coming. It's the dive pass counter. Oh yes, it's the only one I spotted of the day. And somehow, yes. of all people, it was Stephen Bates giving the dive pass. So that surprises me. It's my favourite one of the uh, tally so far. Stephen Bates. I really it's thought not Matthews even off and... the uh, ruck either. It's just a bouncing ball, and he goes for a dive pass <laughs> straight from there. I thought it was going to be Matthewson. I really oh, did. I was. I had money on him now giving a dive pass, but it was Stephen Bates. I mean, yeah. West tried to give a wee pass after that, which wasn't a dive pass, but it was not so good. He was deciding, I'm a prop, but I can fill in at halfback, so I'm going to do a wee pop pass to my runner, literally half a metre away of that, and it gets intercepted. <laughs> how you can throw an intercept not even half a metre, I don't know, but he managed it. <laughs> I mean, Mol Schwolger didn't really want outdone. Did you guys, did you guys see um, the Wellington line-out about 57 minutes? I think it was like an actual good attacking opportunity. Mm. And literally, Schwolger throws it in and Wellington don't jump on their own ball. Yeah. I'm like, no, what no, is no. happening here? Well, it's okay, though. Two minutes later... um. Weepu and Paku come off while Gopith is kicking a penalty to get to five out of five kicking ins. Yeah. At this point, um, I thought it was quite good that Corey Jane moved to fifteen because I've always seen Corey Jane as a fifteen rather than a fourteen as well. So yeah, yeah. and I mean Paku was he's a quality enough player, but I mean Faatu was the sort of guy who was going to break the game open more than Paku. Yeah, Corey Jane yeah. was. I looked at um, I looked at the lineups, but never the final score. So I was like watching it like it was a genuine game, and I was like, "Goodness me, this could be really good." Seeing Corey Jane at fifteen, yeah, I mean, yeah. especially after seeing what the Canes did last night, we're thinking maybe uh, Wellington have got the same thing in their locker. They're starting to come back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. 
I mean, yeah. another sub that happened at this point was uh, Craig West went off and it gave me my first close-up of what he actually looked like. And boy, oh boy, did he have a handlebar moustache on him. <laughs> there was some sexy stuff right there. Oh, I mean, Carl too and Okamaki, he your heart out. <laughs> I mean, you just can't help but uh, feel a little bit spicy seeing that sort of thing, can you? I mean, yeah, you, you got that right, mate. <laughs> <laughs> we know. Gotha kicked away 50-22 at some point in there as well. Like, not that a 50-22 is a thing back then, but found touch quite yeah, nicely. Yeah. When they actually get it right in the game, like the game the other day, Ben, did you see that one where the, the commentators couldn't work out whether it was a... Was that the Highlanders game? Yeah, Will <laughs> yeah. Jordan. Just... Was oh, yeah, game. yeah, I remember that now from Friday, yeah. Yeah, they were going back and forwards whether it was a 50-22. Bit of a you won that one, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you think it wouldn't be that hard to realise who's behind halfway. The ball's gone out in the 22. That's about all we need. Oh, well. <laughs> Can't do it all right. I mean, did you have yeah, anything before the uh, 65th minute? Gothis lined up another pin? Nah, he, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's pretty much all I had. But he okay. um, yeah, lined it up and it looked like he was going to slot it just, but just hit the post. But... Um, yeah, the commentators, a bit of a commentator's curse, I guess, because they were talking about his accuracy at this point. Yeah. First miss of the day from either team. Can yeah. happen. Yeah. yeah. At this point, uh, it was quite good to see this um, older Brendan Leonard came on, and I thought it was quite interesting seeing him and Elvie Matthewson both on. Yeah, two young halfbacks at this point. Yeah. Both of them ended up playing tests, and yet both of them came off the bench for this game. Yeah, so we had four all black halfbacks in the mix in this game. Like, <laughs> that's crazy, eh? It's elite stuff right there, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it finally uh, gave us relief from Kelleher's absolute mouthiness he was given all game. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I loved it personally, but um, Justin Marshall and Aaron Smith are no different. Yeah, oh, just imagine if like you had a wee touch him going, and you just put out all halfbacks. It would be the worst time to play against. Yeah. Like Justin Marshall, Aaron Smith, Kelleher, Nick White. Bit of a shipper in 2019 yeah. at the Rugby World Cup um, against Namibia. TJ Pedanara oh, came off the bench geez. to play 10 and Brad Weber came on to replace Aaron Smith. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. Then TJ gets this mean as try. Yeah, TJ and game. Weber just do their thing and score. Yeah, right. George Bridge comes in to clear out at the ruck and Rico Ioani plays halfback to Weber at 10 and Piranara on wing. Yeah, the sort of things you can only do against Namibia, eh? Yeah, bro. Yeah. Oh, that was uh, some game, eh? Geordie Barrett started 10 in that game too, I remember. Like, interesting one. Oh, so, um, are we going to get on to the winning try? I mean, yeah, you can talk us through that one if you want, uh, Max. Me? After I'll, yeah, go for it. I'll, Keith All Robertson right. does a backwards roll in the lead up to this try. So that's what you'd like to know, that Keith Robertson's got a bit of acrobatics about him. <laughs> but, uh, uh, Toby and Ben and myself were just talking about the halfbacks for you guys um, listening. And, uh, yes, it's one of the halfbacks that we were just talking about that ends up scoring the winning try. It's uh, very interesting to see um, the way this guy played it as well. It was Brendan Leonard crossing the line for the winning try for Waikato. He showed quite a lot of power for a halfback at the time because um, he actually smashed Tana Umanga on the way to score and um, dropped a bit of a Julian Savio-like shoulder on the way. Um, a few forwards, I think, missed a tackle as well, which is why it was Umanga trying to stop him and hold him up in the first place. Yeah, I mean, the likes of Jerry Collins, Robbie Soilau, and Umanga are all in and around him, and somehow yeah. Brendan Leonard, of all people, has gone out on top. 
I, I can't remember which forwards were um, were getting in there, but far out. Like that was some try for a halfback, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I struggled to believe it was Leonard, and I know I literally just watched Leonard go over in this try, but it's like there was no way Brendan Leonard is showing that sort of strength. And the, the sort of defenders. Thing, though, is, um, there's a few more tries from this point. Um, you had a point to bring up, eh, Ben? Yeah, I mean, it was 34-19 at this point, and that was, you thought it was done and dusted. But, yeah. I mean, as we've seen from Wellington sides not too long ago, it's clearly not done and dusted. No, not at all. I mean, well, not anyway. I mean, Waikato had been doing the hard yakker, as the commentary said, but... Uh, Ma'anonu, Max's man, Toby. I mean, all of our man, really. He's a quality player. Literally, two or three minutes later, he injects himself into the game again. Chris Marsoi makes it through a half gap and pops it three to Nonu. He's 50 out. I think still a bit of work to do because Donald's coming across. Should be able to cover him, but Nonu gives a bit of a stutter step. Donald looks like kind of like a wee under-13s player. Like, there's a big guy coming at me. I don't really want to tackle him, but I'll stay kind of near so it looks like I'm doing something. Donald goes over untouched. Donald was fine with missing the old tackle. Yeah, he was like, we're up 34-19. We don't need to do too much. So Nonu goes over for what was actually quite a good try. He showed quite a bit of pace. It's second of the game. First five Zans, generally known for world-class tackling. By any means, are they? Yeah, outside of dear Johnny Wilkinson, there's not really many that are known for good D. Okay, yeah. never mind Dan Carter. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean Dan it. Carter, he's another ball game. He doesn't count too much. <laughs> <laughs> he's just, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, that kind of brought it slightly back. It's 34-24. You thought, maybe, maybe, just maybe. Especially the sort of quality Wellington had. Although Gopeth was, he already missed a penalty at this point, hadn't he? And yeah. um, and now he's missed a conversion, so he's left five points out on the field. So yeah, five was, points missed, and of course seven points almost gifted to Waikato with that earlier try. Max spoke about with Marty Holler poking it through. Yeah. So Wellington could be feeling a bit aggrieved at the moment. Yeah, it's Definitely. the small things that really um, win you these games. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Next player was um was David Hill. Yeah, this was um the final points I think he ever kicked for Waikato because after he played a single test this same season, he uh, went overseas. I think. Yeah, sounds about mm. right. Yeah, and David Hill um slotted a hundred career points against Wellington. Pretty so special Wellington milestone. Wow. Okay. So yeah, that was a that was a big one, eh? I mean, that kind of put it out of reach. Put them what's that like thirteen points up. So, yeah, I think it would be 10 by this point, eh? Um, I didn't keep notes of the final scores or the current scores as I wrote my notes down. Um, I didn't expect I would talk so much on this podcast. Oh, that's good. We'd love to hear you. Yeah, yeah, we'd we love to hear your opinions. <laughs> we love it. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, you don't think you can talk so much about one game, but like when you just zone in on it and have these random little chit-chats in between, it kind yeah, of yeah, bro. drags out. That's good. Whenever I'm doing stuff other than match reviews, I tend to go for a bit longer. Like, for example, when I reviewed South Africa with um, Darren from Cephas Abroad, that went for, I think, 40 minutes. So it shocked me quite a fair bit, eh? Yeah. Yeah, you just get, you lose track of time. Simple as that. You sure um, do, bro. Oh, yeah, that's been a good yarn. Yeah, it's great. 37-24 at the um, 77th minute, as you said, with that David Hill penalty. At this point, you're thinking, well... 
it's um, it's going to be all over. But actually, it's not quite. It's not yeah, quite Wellington over. Wellington are quite desperate. Marsoi tries a wee almost mm. American football-like quick line-out at one point. Yeah. It goes wrong, but it gets called back. And Wellington do get a string of some phases together after that and it leads to something <laughs> I think you're about to mention, Toby. Yeah, Tanuma, goodness gracious. And just runs through everyone almost um, and scores under the posts. But, I mean, the thing is, the commentators at this point and the rest of the players, it looked like they were just, you know, a consolation almost, a consolation try. Yeah, I think they – did they almost forget that it was 79 minutes, like there was still time on the clock? Yeah, so if he convert, and he wasn't in any hurry. He dots it down and just sort of jogs off, yeah. whereas he should have just been passing it straight to his um, yeah, number I mean, 12 and, and getting that – maybe just doing a quick droppy yeah, um, for the conversion. Yeah, a quick droppy, I think, but it took a while for the ball well, to number 10, yeah. get to him. Old, but, um, um, old Umanga appears to be crying because he knew the game was out of reach. Like, yeah, that's the thing was, I noted too. Yeah, it's it's all well and good to think you can score after the one last kickoff, but normally it's unassailable. So, I, I think Umanga had just accepted defeat and was having a bit of a cry. I think you have to go in thinking you're still in this. Like, yeah, yeah Wellington. Yeah. Both teams kind of looked like, oh yeah, it's game over. Like, but you know when I mean? they actually when they scored that try and, and converted it, the um the Waikato team were. Was sort of saying to the ref, why can't we just boot it out into touch? And yeah, I'm glad over. you bring this up. Now, Donald and Bates here just quite convinced they can kick it out on the fall. And the ref's like, well, well, no. So they weren't very happy about that. I kind but, of thought um, maybe he was still going to up until we actually kicked it. It's like, he's going to do a quaid here, isn't he? He's just going to. But yeah, no, they kicked it into, into play and then they got the ball back. You're literally like first phase, they just counter ruck and Mesa boots it into Dutch. So, oh, well, Which is why I'm saying Umaga should have treated it as a potential to win the game because, of course, he scored a try, they converted it. Another converted try, um, and they're going to win the game. I so, mean, you saw Nonu waltz over from 50 out like a couple minutes exactly. earlier. You showed exactly. your team can waltz over from a and fair distance been, away. The ball's been kicked to them, so hold the ball, string yeah, through I mean, phases yeah. together. He's seen Lomi Fard, who run round his end goal and just about break out too. Like, he's seen that he's got the players yeah. around him that could do it. So it did seem bizarre that they didn't try and you know forge a comeback perhaps, but they, they didn't seem like their mental space was in the right, you know, in the right space. So... Um, yeah, they ended it. They Waikato team got the ball back after the kickoff and um, kicked it out for a a famous victory, thirty seven yeah. points to thirty one. I mean, the celebration started from there. Toby Lynn sprints on, beanie still on his head. Don't know why he was wearing a beanie, but good on him. Well, it's pretty. He just looked like someone they picked up off the street. Honestly, it is long here at this point. <laughs> beanie on. I was like, yep, you do you. The old cotton jerseys flowing. <laughs> the cowbells are ringing very, very oh, loudly yeah. at this point. I mean, yeah. Stephen yeah, Bates was, was pretty, uh, not emotional since much, but he was very thankful for the crowd in his post-match interview. Tell you what, it's just you just can't beat that. Like you just, I don't think you would see a sold-out stadium in a premier in a um, NPC final now. I mean, you don't see them in Super Rugby games now. I was, um, I'm not sure if you guys have gone to an All Blacks test since um, the. The virus hit this place. No, I haven't. Um, no, I, I haven't. went to the Bledisloe Cup in twenty twenty in um in Sky Stadium for um the debuts of like Hoskins two and Caleb Clark. Not even that All Black game in our capital city could sell out. Yeah, I mean the best we thing was like All Black game nowadays. 
the best thing was like the week after we were allowed crowds. Like, uh, so I think it's the Blues Hurricanes game. That game yeah. was that was some atmosphere. Yeah. Like I wasn't at it, but you could tell it was something special. But since I then, it's just declined. The, COVID's the to blame. Selling Super Rugby games since the 2017 final because um, Crusaders went to South Africa for that one. And oh yes, the Lions. Yeah. What? We know it oh. as like in Joburg. Like they sell out every single Lions game if it's a playoff game. Oh, I mean, yeah, just the crowds in South Africa are something. We haven't covered a South African game yet, I don't think. No doubt we will soon, but mm. like, yeah, the crowds. Are, yeah. But I mean, in contrast to Stephen Bates' interview, Tana was not so uh, energetic. No. He got asked, uh, you'll be coming back to finish off and get your 100th game, won't you? He's like, don't know. Left it at that, just walked off. So it's like, clearly he's not happy. Turns out he did come back for a season and finish on exactly 100 appearance for Wellington. So good on him. Good on him. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So that bring us on to, we've heard a couple of the uh, Dick of, or Douche of the Day, Dick of the Day nominations, but can bring us on to our closing segment, if you like. Do you want yeah. to start with, we've got the moment of the match, the man of the match, and the Douche of the Day, so... Should we start with the moment? Because that's generally the least exciting one of the three. Yeah, I'm going to go for, um, I mean, there's a couple of options, obviously, but I think the one that you got to look, look at is that um, not necessarily the best moment, but the moment that defined the game, I think, personally, is that um, that we kick through in the scrum and then when um, Kelleher dives over to get that try. It's, it's probably not a try today, but I think it was missed in this game and I think that's one of those turning points where if it wasn't, if it was picked up, and, it, and they didn't score it, who knows? That I don't know if Waikato would have won this game. Yeah, I um, don't have anything yeah, more to add. Well, yeah, Alex was. Um, he just looked so pumped up and psyched, and I think yeah. it was a real, you know, morale boost. And definitely, Wellington on the other hand looks to have a bit of a loss of confidence that never genuinely returned. Like, yeah. there were flashes of brilliance, like Nonu's try that was pretty mean, but it wasn't totally there for um the front row and the and the and the rest of the Lucy, yeah, the forwards. They they just lost it, man. Like I said, um, the the whole forward pack wasn't looking happy, yeah, because they felt like they'd blown that scrum, and that that's where it's won. You know, it, it's always one up front. That's how it's always been. Yeah. Definitely. I, mean, I don't have anything more to add. My moment was the same thing. So do you have any different moment you wanted to bring up into conversation, Max? Um, no, no. I think um, Toby over here was spot on with the yeah. moment of the game right there. Yeah. I think he uh, picked a good one, and I think we can all agree with that one, eh? Absolutely. Yeah. I yep. mean, uh, on to Dick of the Day. We've already heard Max's. Just chucking it to Vatu for <laughs> butchering. What should be a try for most Seriously, competent passers of the ball? The overlap was so, so good. And I was like, come on, man, let's go. <laughs> it, it just didn't happen because wingers shouldn't pass. I mean, evidently not. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine, I can say that my dad was a winger. <laughs> oh, right. Toby, who did you want to well, as always the there's always a couple of nominations. The commentators always get a nomination, don't they? Let's be honest. Oh, they always chuck um, some sort of throwaway bias, line in there. Bias commentation and going on. Wasn't too many throwaway lines that I had 
or to note. Yeah, um, no, so, neither. Not as many as the Aussies give us anyway. But I um, I think I'm going to choose a pretty weepu when he booted that ball into the back of his, of his teammate's head. Um, <sighs> that was quite funny. He I also mean, had, yeah. a of, he had a couple of other moments throughout the game which were um, which were quite funny. It wasn't terrible at all. Yeah, there wasn't as many like obvious ones as other weeks, but no. a lot of minor things happening. So Only largely due to the nerves. Yeah, I'd say so, but I'll go I mean, for him. I've actually given mine to one one to a person who shouldn't be nervous whatsoever because he wasn't involved in the game. He was actually in the crowd. Don't know who he is, but <laughs> I mean, some bloke in the crowd got some camera time, as you do. You'd usually do a wee boogie, you know, maybe scull a drink, something cool. He decides, I'm going to show, uh, lift my turp up, uh, top up and show my abs. <laughs> he didn't exactly have any abs to offer. He, he wasn't a dad bod. Like, he wasn't tubby by any means but uh, yeah, I mean he wasn't a gym rat so I don't know what he was thinking <laughs> was he just, there uh, was he just a bit of a soy boy or something yeah I don't know he was alone too like he didn't have his peers egging him on he was just oh. this lone guy so. yeah you hate to see it maybe, yeah. his, uh, maybe his mates went out to um, to buy more drinks or something because it was a stag do oh yeah maybe <laughs> I have a feeling he's so. probably had a drink or two if he's uh, trying that yeah, I anyone was at least six or something like that. I mean, you got to shoot your shot, though, don't you? You never know. <laughs> you, never, you never know what's going to happen in, in Hamilton, do you? I mean, not yeah, there's, there's no harm in advertising yourself, eh? Like, if you got the confidence, then go for it. <laughs> oh, exactly. Confidence is a uh, big player in itself. <laughs> it's key, my man. Yeah, he didn't have a bad-looking body, but, I mean, <laughs> tell you what, if someone's buying it, a fair play to him. I mean, I mean, confidence was um, was key for Wellington and Waikato themselves. So yeah, say the same about this guy. Yeah, eh? yeah fair enough. Fair enough. And uh, that'll move us on to the lucky last bit of the uh, conversation: the man of the match, the the big one. There's a, a few contenders. You can start us off, Max, if you want. You're our guest. Oh, man of the match. This is just so hard to pick, I think, because there were quite a lot of really good performances. Um, I might actually see if there's an official man of the match, too, so we can go for that. Yeah, you know I'm going to go for a type 5 forward. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing his, his first name correctly, um, Manri Schwalger. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I think Schwalger had a really, really good game. Um, he was really relaxed, thrown in the lineouts, and um, he showed a bit of physicality um, in the tight spaces and stuff. Um you know, even though he was on the losing team, um, I think he just didn't give up and he, he did his best for his team and uh, defensively he had a pretty good show. And he went most of the match too, I think. Didn't get some yeah, off very Yeah, you don't um, play 80 minutes a lot, but I think Schwalger um, and his cousin John, for a matter of fact, played like up until 60-something minutes. Yeah, which is not bad, especially considering old John was a replacement to begin with. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. John John Schwalger had a really good game as well, I think. But uh, Mohan Schwalger is definitely my man of the match, even though he came from a losing team. Yeah, not a bad shout. Get the feeling Toby and I aren't going to lead towards uh, front rowers because, I mean, we're skinny little white boys ourselves, so <laughs> in the favour of the, uh, the flashy ones. That's fine. I played flanker. I understand what playing in the forwards is like. I can kick this one off and you can go after me if you like, Toby. I mean, I think Nonu was pretty good for Wellington. Look, Keith Robinson kind of rolled the sleeves up and had a good outing, but for me, there was between two people, like pretty much from the get go. And I've gone Kalahar in second, but my man of the match is Marty Holler. I think he was just yeah. everywhere on both sides of the ball, and 
I mean, I just loved him seeing doing exactly what a flanker should be doing. It's getting away with whatever cheating little bits he can. And it really helped his team out. A few key yeah. turnovers in there too, I thought he had. And yeah. And of course his Waikato headgear. I mean, that was that was something in itself. You've got to love someone repping their team on their headgear. Always yeah. enjoy seeing some of that. I mean, my favourite was old Victor Matfield's headgear back in, I think it was 2015. He had the Saffa flag on his headgear. Yeah, that was so good. Or uh, Nguenya from USA. He had the USA flag headgear. Just love to see it. I enjoy that stuff for sure, yeah. Right, uh, Toby, who have you put into your Man of the Match contention? Well, there's a couple of options. You've already mentioned them all pretty much, uh, both of you guys. But I'm going to go for Byron Kelleher. He, uh, he's a a serious shite talker, as we know, throughout the game. But he did play very well. And like you said, Max, he was hyped up the whole time, um, especially after that questionable try. But he was hyped up, and he, and he got his team into a good mindset and um, scored a couple himself. So he yeah, he was running, running the cutter, um, so to speak. Um, but he uh, couldn't have done it with the rest of his team, so I think there's some other good options there as well for man of the match. But... Yeah, for me, I'm going to go for Byron. Fantastic shout. Well, I mean, uh, cheers, Max, for coming on. It was great to have your insights. I mean, it's good to have someone else to listen to other than us for an Definitely. hour or so. Yeah. And it, made, it makes yeah, it no, more... No worries, boys. It's all good. I, I mean, mean, I'm sure most people um, know about your page, but do you want to yeah, say give it something? Yeah, you want. Give, yes, give it is. Uh, uh, the black jersey, um, I founded that when I was... Um, about to watch the World Cup in 2019. It was a few um, weeks away, the World Cup. I was like, you know, I've got a spare Instagram page. I'll start an all-black fan page. And today, somehow, it has 13,000 followers. I just started off making funny memes and stuff. And um, now I've expanded to YouTube. So search up the black jersey on YouTube as well. And um, me and my team, we write articles and stuff. Um, so I've basically set up a website for um, like up-and-coming journalists who are like high school age or so. So nice. hone their craft and all that. Good stuff. So far from me, but um, yeah, um, a young guy I've got called Troy. He's writing the um, player ratings for the Hurricanes right now while we're making this podcast. So nice. Yeah, um, just giving a few opportunities to people who are keen and stuff. Um, and if you're ever keen to support me, just uh, head over to YouTube, Instagram, or the website and say, "Hey, I uh, love your work, bro," or tell me what to improve on because I want to get better. Yeah, he's um, definitely got some quality stuff. Right, Thanks uh, for having me on once again. Right, cheers. Um, next, we should hopefully next week have a couple guests lined up. I think we got Hicker Elliott joining us on the podcast. So that'll be a big one. Former All Black joining us. So have Absolutely. a tough time deciding which is games to take a look back at. Looking and forward to it. Hopefully, in the next week or two, we'll have uh, former Bayer Plenty turned Japanese Seven star Colin Bork joining us as well. So there should nice. be a, two good yarns if we can get those fellas locked down. Good stuff. Yeah, but looking anyway, forward to uh, it. Cheers for listening. Cheers for joining us, Max and Toby, and catch you next time.